When dealing with people, let us remember we are not dealing with creatures of logic. We are dealing with creatures of emotion. Dale Carnegie, welcome to Flourish. I'm Diane Planet In, and you're in the right place if you're ready to create inspired life and work on that first step about your emotions. Yes, this is part all about your agile brain and based on the best-selling book, The Source by Dr. Tara Swart. So I'm not going to waste any time because this is one of six different areas that we're going to work on based on last week's episode. So here we go. Emotions. Emotional mastery is the single most important of all the pathways to work on. This is partly because it is one people struggle with the most and therefore holds the most potential for change, but also because it's so deep, so fundamental and primal that it holds the highest X factor for exponential effects on everything else, our brain-body connection, intuition, motivation, and relationships, and our ability to make the best decisions to design our futures. Yes, you're in control. So what is it? Well, it's the balance of logic and emotion that is important, as is everything in between. But the traditional black and white idea that logic is good and emotions are bad is shifting towards the new scientific truth that mastering our emotions holds the key to changing our lives. And what is emotion? It's energy in motion. And whether or not you're struggling with your emotions in a personal relationship, at work, with your children, whatever that may be, this is the key to help you master your emotions. All right. So why don't we use our emotions to act as a driver rather than sitting in the passenger seat? Yes, you are in control. You have a choice. Sometimes, she says, we can have all our emotions firing at the same time, and achieving any sort of balance in our response may feel like an impossible challenge. Hmm, Does that sound familiar? When this happens, our brain can be left reeling as intense emotion floods it with a cocktail of contradictory chemicals. In intense jealousy, for example, Love, anger, and disgust may all be strongly activated at the same time, firing in competition with one another. In such cases, extreme action, such an aggressive outburst against someone or yourself, may feel like the only way to diffuse these powerful feelings. Emotional outbursts, right? So she goes on to tell us about eight emotion types. Now, they are fear, anger, disgust, shame, sadness, surprise, joy and excitement, love and trust. That is the spectrum of basic human emotions. But what about the first grouping? All our emotions correlate to levels of certain neurotransmitters. Of the eight primary emotions, the ones I just mentioned, the five survival emotions, fear, anger, disgust, shame, and sadness, involve the release cortisol, the stress hormone. They are likely to be functioning largely below the conscious level and are all escape avoidance emotions, generating complex behaviors. It is these feelings that might make you feel like avoiding potentially stressful situations, 
such as public speaking or blind dating. <laughs> Left unchecked, they can cause you to catastrophize. Yes, imagining worst case scenario outcomes in a way that becomes inhibiting and disempowering. Where they take over the brain's fight or flight response, you will feel at their mercy and you may struggle to maintain control of your reactions and keep your cool. Well, next are the two attachment emotions. Those spectrums are love and trust and joy and excitement. And they are mediated by the effects of oxytocin, serotonin, and dopamine on the neuron receptors. <laughs> These activate the reward systems in the brain and are primed to want to repeat behaviors that give us these good feelings like cuddling a loved one or going for a run. This mechanism is helpful in habituating healthy behaviors. You begin to want to go to the gym because you remember it makes you feel great afterwards. However, they can also reinforce negative behaviors. It seems obvious how things like alcohol or relationships with bad boys are not good for us and can become an addiction. But eventually, even rewarding work and exercise can become addictive. So it's all about moderation. And what's in between the survival and attachment spectrums sits surprise in a category all on its own. It can flip our response state from attachment to survival or vice versa. So think about that one. Surprise state. That is incredible. And I never thought about it that way before. But when you're feeling surprised, it can be a scary surprise or a happy surprise. A scary movie or a happy birthday party surprise. That is interesting, and that is the same emotion. So <laughs> I, I love that one. That's probably my favorite, and let's work on the happy birthday surprise better. So it is, she says, what we expose our brain to that will become ingrained in it. So part of mastering our emotions and staying motivated is about achieving a healthy balance. We need the full gamut of emotions in our life, but not too much or not too little of any of them. The Goldilocks effect, right? So she gives um, some examples here in the form of asking yourself some questions. She has five questions to ponder and make notes if you wish or think about it and uh, take out your journal later. Number one. What was the emotional style in your family growing up? How were disagreements and difficult conversations handled? It all begins at home. Our family, our parents, our environment has a huge impact. One of the good thing is we can change that around, can't we? Number two, how in touch are you with your emotional responses? Awareness. Three, how easy do you find it to regulate your emotions? Disengaging from overwhelming feelings like rage and fear and pulling yourself back to the moment. Number four, how easy do you find it to build rapport with somebody new? And five, how often do you experience a feeling of emotional resonance when you are talking to somebody 
a mutual feeling of understanding and connection. Start by building a picture of where your emotional strengths lie and your areas for development. Does your ability to control your emotions change with different people? Somebody pushing your emotional buttons? Take back your power. How do your emotions shift under stress? Are you able to hold it together at work but feel short-tempered when you get home? Are you different on or <laughs> after a relaxing holiday? And I don't read this book verbatim. It's the highlights that I give you. So if it's something you're really, really interested in digging into deeper, I highly recommend you pick up your own copy because this is a good read. And especially because the holidays are coming. Things can get emotional especially if you are, had a huge expectation. That's another thing. My little way of controlling my emotions is to not set my expectations too high when something's out of my control. When it's in my control, oh yeah, they go high. But here we go, continue. This toolkit is at your disposal. A strong ability to regulate emotions is something we need to work at. Practices such as mindfulness help, building and expanding the pause between our thought and response to it. It is in your power to manage and improve your behavior. But what you believe affects how you behave, even unconsciously. You have to work on what your belief system is. Learning about emotions and their impact on us can help us become more emotionally literate. Noting and labeling emotions in our mind as they rise. That was a fascinating one because she has said that if you label your emotion and say it or think it, it'll actually help you suppress it. So let's say your emotion is anger. Why are you feeling angry? Use that powerful tool within you. Say anger while you're being angry. And then you'll be like, hmm, that's kind of weird. It's an interesting way of, of controlling it. I like it. I like it a lot. Noting your emotions as they occur will help you detach from them and feel more in control. Strong feelings are less likely to engulf you when you maintain a measure of objectivity. Try saying to yourself, sadness or anger as the feelings arise. It may sound like a small thing, but it's surprising how dramatic the impact can be. So she says, you know, when you start meditating, using physical exercise, mindfulness practice, such as yoga or meditation, it can truly help you. But then she gives me one more example. And she said, learn how to stop. Close your eyes and allow yourself to feel what it's like when you're overwhelmed with anger. Remember, something that makes you angry and allow it to fill your whole body. Feel the anger on your skin, in your chest, your mouth, your muscles, and your mind. Once you feel full of it, imagine holding up a big red stop sign in your mind and allowing the feeling to dissipate completely. 
Relax your muscles and let the angry feeling leave you. Practice this until you feel you can use it in real life scenarios to stay calm. And that works great if you love to meditate as well, because you can meditate to bring in a positive vibe on one hand and let go of the anger in the other. And then with an open hand, you can bring in a positive vibe and you can let go of anger in the other. Just whatever works for you. And people don't even need to know what you're doing. You can do this before you get out of bed. You can reset your mindset. You can have a little chit chat with yourself wherever you are. Nobody will know. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. So she goes on to say, mm, but sometimes the only thing to do when you feel emotionally overwhelmed is to go to bed and start afresh once your emotions have subsided. Yes. So what is this new paradigm? Well, we are all creatures of emotion, whether we acknowledge this or not. Every single decision that we make is biased by emotion. By developing our emotional intelligence, we can maintain balance as our default setting more of the time. Inevitably, there will be times of stress that push our minds into lack of thinking and survival mode. But the quicker we are at recognizing this and acting restore the balance, the better we are able to avoid potentially damaging pitfalls. Intuitively, we will be able to see the way that these pitfalls tend to manifest for us. We may find ourselves worn out by years of feeling overwhelmed with emotional highs and lows we could have avoided in hindsight. Or perhaps we tend to do the opposite, to suppress emotions and overthink everything, then feel in retrospect that we've lost out as a result of our refusal to trust our gut or heart. Any sense of having failed to make good decisions we should have is an indication that it's time to embrace this truth. Mastering our emotions is the only hope of fully unleashing the source, your mind's power. It's no good trying to think your way out of your emotions intellectually, but equally the opposite view regarding yourself as the victim of emotional weather is equally unhelpful. Emotions make us who we are and govern our entire experience of the world and life itself. So true. And the more you can take control of your emotions, and I practice this a lot, I practice patience, meditate, yoga, and I'm going to try that stop and saying the words out loud. It's 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 been a journey because what I found was when for me personally, when my father was uh put in a home because he has Alzheimer's and could not live alone or live with my mother anymore. That was so destructive and I was an emotional wreck. But it's been a journey and I've lifted myself up, dusted myself off, and living an inspired life. So if you like the show, share it with somebody you know. And hey, share in the comments. 
what do you do to control your emotions, to help yourself move forward and be the success that you deserve to be? I'll see you soon.